Welcome to the Wake Up Call podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Hopkins. By day I work in corporate, but I have an obsession with all things personal development. So I became a life coach and started this podcast as a way to help others break free from living a life that's good on the outside and wake up to the one they actually want. When I got to my most uncertain place, all I wanted was someone to say, hey Alicia, you're a little off course and this is what you need to do. That's what I wanna be for you. This podcast is a place where I want to share my experiences and provide you with community, knowledge, and inspiration to make change in your life. Sometimes we get a little lost and need help course correcting. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Let this be your wake up call. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of the Wake Up Call podcast. This is Alicia Hopkins, and I am joined today by my friend, Kenzie Harkey, who I have to say my interview with Kenzie is probably a little self-indulgent because she's really good at something I suck at, and it's organization. So um, Kenzie, would you tell us a little bit more about who you are, your company, and how you help people out with organization? Yeah, for sure. So um my name is Kinsey. Like you said, my company is called Simply Dare, and I just launched it last year. So still very new to this small business ownership world, but it's been an exciting ride. And I'm just super excited to be here today. And one of the main things that we do with Simply Dare is help people live with ease and feel good in their homes. So that's something that I'm very passionate about. And, you know, we do that through organizing, but um, we really like to take a holistic look at our clients and their lifestyle and their routines and their design style and everything like that. So we can truly give them a custom solution. Um, but I'm sure we're going to get more into that. Yeah. And, and that's the reason why I feel like this conversation is going to be really important because, you know, on the surface, it might be like, okay, home organization, we all know we need to organize our homes, but you know, as Kenzie and I have been connecting and I see so many parallels as far as the goal of what you do with your clients and how much that aligns with anxiety, overwhelm, you know, Justin, as I, as I was preparing for this, this chat, you know, I'm on your website and I'm seeing how you really talk about this tie as far as like, you know, even you as a young age, the chaos you felt from dysfunction in a space and how, you know, I, I very much, while right, like I said, on the surface, you think, okay, we all know we need home organization, but you're, your take, like the feeling I got, I get from you is it's really a service to help your clients well-being, you know, and it's, it's, I guess, do you find it surprising in some of the transformations, like what you see with your clients, as far as what maybe they think it's, I'm going to get my, my closet organized, but then they walk away feeling, you know, feeling something totally different, like something on a deeper level. Is that a common thing you see? Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that's what they're going to get when they contact us. And, you know, if you take a look at the website or our branding, then you would probably pick up on that a little bit. But my background is in health promotion and public health. So that's what my formal education is in. And I always knew that I wanted to be in some type of capacity where I'm helping people live a healthier life. Yeah. And I remember when I was younger, being so lost after college, <laughs> I was in an internship and I was like, I, I just want to make pretty things and inspire people. And you know, now I understand that's marketing, <laughs> um, but, but you know, the same intention is there of making a positive impact on someone's life. And I think 
you know, sometimes people don't realize that's what organization does for them. Sometimes I'm getting inquiries because they want a pottery barn looking pantry. Sometimes they're just overwhelmed and they know they have a ton of clutter and they need to get rid of it and find some type of solution. But when I start talking to clients and asking them, you know, what are you trying to accomplish right now? Or what, what are your goals? Um, and then they start seeing how their space impacts that. And it's something that it's kind of a light bulb moment for them, I think, to realize the difference in their productivity or their mood simply by clearing and organizing. It's funny is that like, it makes such logical sense. And it's funny is that, you know, if I were to turn the camera and you could see my bedroom, you'd be like, oh my God, Alicia, I don't even understand how you live in this clutter. Like, it's so funny is that I've done all this internal work to kind of organize my mind, right? But yet my external environment does not reflect that. And you you said the word overwhelm and that's exactly what I relate to. It's like I come home and I just I I don't I don't know how to organize stuff. You know, it's it and it's it's just piles of clutter. Now granted, they're organized clutters. I know what they're it's organized clutter. I know what's in each pile, but I do feel like the more I've stepped back of it, you said, you know, your client's having a light bulb moment. I connect that dot, those dots so much now of probably more so like after I've been talking with you and and seeing that, like, I kind of wonder if my physical space is still like a representation of like internal work I haven't yet done. Like I just get so overwhelmed. So where do you even start with someone that's just in that place of, they feel like everything is disorganized. Like where, where do you even go? Where do you start? Yeah, that's a really good question. So there's a few different strategies that I have, depending on the personality. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I love is using my health coaching. So I was actually a health coach for a little while too. And being able to use some of those skills in this job too um, has been really helpful, I think, and understanding human behavior and their willingness to change and what stage they're at in that. um, I forget what it's called, but um, those there's, like there's the, like five stages of, yeah. What is that? Like, I feel like it's like hierarchy of change or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember it now, of course, but there's those five stages of readiness to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting taking a look at each client and figuring out what's going to best serve them. And so even when you were talking about how all the clutter you have in your space, so everyone has a different clutter threshold and that's something that I tell clients when we're starting to work together, because I think a lot of people do feel bad or they do feel shame that they've let their space get to this point. Oh, and 100%. It's, I mean, it's a big ask to have a, somewhat of a stranger come in your space and start assessing it and giving you recommendations on what you can do to change it. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same reason why I think a lot of people are nervous about um, facing their finances and hiring a financial advisor or something like that. I mean, that's just one example, but I try to let people down or, you know, try to <laughs> give them some grace, I guess, and yeah. um, give their expectations, like bring their expectations down and just say, you know, everyone has a different clutter threshold just because you have all this, you know, somewhat clutter here. It doesn't necessarily mean that we need to clear all of it and we need to make you become a minimalist or anything like that. We need to figure out like what you're comfortable with and what is going to make you feel better and what that end result is for you personally. Um, Not every solution is the same and not even, you know, the the type of products that you're using. So, you know, for instance, you might have a clear container and of course, that's going to create more visual clutter in some ways because you can see right through it. 
Whereas some people, and there's some benefits to that, right? Like if you just want to glance really quickly and know what's in there, but then there's some where you want to really conceal things and, and kind of have that more uniform streamlined look. And so even just understanding, you know, the space and then that person's personality and what level of clutter they can deal with on a daily basis is I think really helpful for them to understand that, oh, I don't have to go from this one extreme to another. Like we, we can get somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. And as long as that's going to be perfect for getting your mood and productivity and well-being like back to a stabilized place where you can actually thrive, then that's what you need. You know, we don't need to go to the full like minimalism route or anything like that. So I think that helps people, um, you know, just take the pressure and like shame off a little bit if, if, if they are experiencing that whenever they first reach out. Totally. I mean, like I, I think about me personally, I definitely right in all areas, like I shouldn't say all in many areas of my life, I thrive, I succeed. I've got the pretty package on the outside. And then it's funny is that like, it's once I come through the portal of my condo, it's, it's an explosion. Right. And it's, it's just crazy to me that it's that all these areas can be put together, but this is like that final place that I just really struggle. And it's, I do relate with what you're saying as far as I feel shameful. I feel embarrassed. I think about, you know, if someone were to unexpectedly want to come over with short notice, I, I mean, I would probably have to make up an excuse to say why, why it's not a good time because it would take me too long to get my house in order, you know, and I admire, you know, my best friend, Mandy, her house is one that like, you can walk through her house at any point in time. And it's like, you could eat off her floor. Like, I just don't, I don't understand that. I feel like I'm not wired that way, you know, but, but what I'm hearing from you, and it's funny is that I think this it's brilliant that you're a health coach. That's your background too, because at the heart of whatever you're looking to change lifestyle, wellness, organization, it really does come down to those small sustainable changes. So you mentioned, you know, people having kind of a clutter threshold. So you're really kind of assessing where they're at. And, and I imagine there's a little bit of like a soft skill of you trying to feel out what may or may not, you know, be comfortable to that person. I mean, is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. And it all comes down to the questions that I ask in the consultation. And a lot of times it's questions that they haven't considered before. Um, you know, what are three words that you would use to describe this space right now? And then maybe we would ask like what three words, or, you know, it's me going out on these consultations, but I might ask, you know, what are three words that would describe the vision you have for this space? Mm-hmm. And some people just actually haven't stopped in their busy day to even think about that. And I think that's helpful for people to just kind of get that frame of reference of where they're at now, like what they think about that space now and then where they want it to be. But it might be other questions too, where like you're getting more in, I guess maybe like a background of like why they even called you in the first place. You know, mm-hmm. what is or what does being organized mean to you? So one of the biggest or best examples that I can think of for this is a garage. So mm-hmm. someone might look at a messy garage and, you know, I might think, okay, my level or my idea of organization here would be micro organization. So everything has a home, everything is in its place. Everything's streamlined. There's shelves on the wall. There's matching totes everywhere with like labels and everything and plenty of space to park our cars and all of those things. But someone that reaches out might have a goal of just simply being able to park their car in the garage. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they're okay with having everything else like in a 
somewhat of a disarray, I guess, you know, there's still going to be some organization, but it doesn't need to be as detailed as someone else might prefer. So um, that's where, you know, it's just about understanding what their idea of organization is in that space, because we want to make sure it's custom to them and that it's also maintainable. And I think when you get to that, like really personalized solution, that's where it's easy to maintain because, and and sometimes, you know, people have a different preference than I would personally do. And that's where, you know, I, I would never come in and push my ideology on what they should do. You know, I'm never, I've never come into a space with an agenda. It's very intuitive, um, actually, where, yeah, sure, there's a framework of questions that I have and, and all of that, but you're really kind of picking up on that person, their mood, their energy, their, where they're at in life. I mean, there's a lot of people going through life transitions that reach out to us. So there's a lot of stress and other things going on too. So I can't come in with an agenda of like, you know, a checklist of, okay, we've got to get this done and this done, this done. It's, It's really just listening to what their needs are and just helping them the best we can. It's interesting to see, you know, you mentioned even to, you know, people when they're going through different stages of life or things like that. I mean, do you tend to find kind of a correlation in someone's external environment with maybe like some, in? I guess I'm just curious of like, do you, do you see a tie as far as like the physical space being a reflection of maybe somebody being really overwhelmed internally? Or do you just think there's people that are kind of like inherently like, that clutter, that clutter threshold is just higher for them. You know, like I'm wondering what you see kind of maybe from like the psychology of it, like what connection do you see with, you know, really cluttered space and what might be going on with someone? Oh yeah. I think a lot of what we hang on to can be a manifestation of what's going on in our internal world. I mean, a prime example is sentimental items or keepsake items that, you feel guilt about. Maybe it's a family heirloom that has been passed down, or maybe it's your grandmother's furniture that didn't didn't necessarily get passed down to you specifically, but it's just been making its rounds through the family members as dynamics are changing and you get quote unquote stuck with it. And you feel bad about keeping it, but you also feel bad about giving it away. And I, I mean, I've had so many people that are in that position with antiques and they're kind of at a loss of what to do with it. And I think we just have to give ourselves permission. And that's where, you know, whether or not it's a professional organizer, even just having a friend or a family member or someone else. I mean, I think there is some benefit in having a third party, someone who's not involved in the family, or maybe that's really close to you, just reflecting some questions back to you on, are you using that? Um, Do you love that item? Are, are you finding value from having that item still? Um, is it serving you in any way? And I think a lot of times when people do finally let go of those things and recognize that, um, you know, their memories are there no matter what. So it, it doesn't have to be in a physical item. In fact, it's just literally not. So it, it, it is in our brains or our minds or our memories or, you know, or our hearts. It's in our body. <laughs> and so, I think once people recognize that they feel relieved and then they're able to get rid of some things. And trust me, like I still have some things from my childhood. I'm not saying that everyone needs to get rid of everything from their past, right, right. <laughs> but you know, if, if you're finding that you have an excess of those things or you're running out of storage space in your, you know, so that might be in a storage unit or a garage, like, you know, furniture, 
But if you're running out of room in your closets, because you're just hanging on to things like one thing that's very common in females closets are uh, the aspirational clothes. So maybe they're, you know, kind of sway or, you know, going between different sizes constantly. Um, Maybe their weight is shifting constantly. And so maybe they're going up and down a range of three or maybe even four different sizes and they're holding on to every single piece of clothes that's that size because there's that one day where they're going to be that size again. Or even if they're in a size that they prefer to be, they will still hang on to other clothes just in case they end up gaining or losing weight or whatever the situation is. And that can really... I think it can keep people stuck. And and the reason I think that is because once you do actually get rid of those things and minimize and and kind of clear that space, or, you know, you can get really spiritual with it if you want. But um, once you've cleared that from your life, then it really has, it opens up the space for better things to come in that are in more alignment with you at that time. Okay. You like, I literally, like the whole time you were kind of running through those examples, I kept thinking about what a parallel, what you just described has been, what parallel exists as far as the work, the path I've been on as far as my anxiety, wellness, and and talking about how people kind of hang on to things longer than they should. And, you know, maybe even the expectation of exactly like it's great grandma's rocking chair. And you're like, when you even said, but maybe that wasn't even specifically intended for you, yet you feel this pressure. And I think about again, you know, countless parallels as far as, you know, these expectations, these pressures, you know, we put on ourselves, and then it's kind of like the freedom that comes in the release. Like, I mean, I know as I continue daily to work on, you know, perfectionism tendencies or people pleasing with each like grip, I kind of loosen. I feel like I can breathe and I feel like I kind of return to my true self or essence. And it's, it's just interesting that, you know, and like you said, you can kind of get as spiritual as you want with this stuff, but I I go there, right. I love the woo and like all those, the tie, but it's just, it's interesting how physical things you're hanging on to can really be representative of something so much deeper, you know, and just that, that release you get once your space, you're not hanging on to so much stuff. I mean, talk about just, yes, a metaphor for life. (laughs) I know. And I think it's hard because some people, and I think it's, and okay, so let me back up. This is ingrained in our society to be of excess and to consume. We're a consumerism or consumerist culture. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that I try to help people, um, you know, give themselves some grace with is that this isn't your fault. (laughs) Um, Blame our society if you want, because it's very, it's very hard to go against the status quo and think about these things a little bit more critically and why you're holding on to some of these things. And a lot of people, you know, I don't think it's the average, I mean, minimalism is probably trendy and all of that stuff, you know, uh, as of like the past five years. So I think more people are catching on to the benefits of it, but, but again, I'm not trying to say that everyone needs to be a minimalist, but just in general, you know, releasing some of that access and living more intentionally and meaningfully. And that's, that's really at the heart of why I think this is important is that intention piece, because once you start and that this is actually, I have a ultimate guide to my, um, a clutter-free home, like a checklist that I give people. And so the, one of the, I think it's the first checklist item on that is make sure that the things that are coming in your home have a purpose Ooh. because if they don't, and, and sure, like, I know that that, 10th pin in your junk drawer might, you might not be able to figure out the purpose of that. Like it doesn't have to be that, that, um, (laughs) literal, 
but you know, it's just thinking about what you're bringing in your space and why, and what's the impact of that, because that has to go somewhere and your, your house doesn't grow over time. And so if you're not doing practices like a one-in-one out rule or a donation bin that's just there constantly. And then you have a routine of taking everything weekly or monthly. Like if you don't have that routine or that system in place to regularly check in on the items that you're bringing in your home. I mean, this is especially relevant for kids Mm -hmm. because there's so many things that are coming in and out. Then that's where this stuff does pile up. And then it just gets to a point where it is overwhelming. Um, So I think it's really just that little shift in mindset of, okay, what is this bringing into my life? Um, Is this purposeful or not? Um, And then I think that is a really easy way for people to make that decision um, if they're feeling tempted to buy that extra blouse at the mall, or if they are feeling like they absolutely have to have that extra kitchen appliance because they're going to get on this health kick and do all these new recipes. Um, I know personally, I've gotten very protective of my closet over the past couple of years. I looked at my expenses last year. I'm pretty sure I spent like a very small amount on clothes, <laughs> but that's just me personally. And, but I think even if you do love fashion and like really love to buy clothes, it's trying to minimize the amount of times you're doing that and maybe even focusing more on quality over quantity. And, you know, you don't have to have a console wardrobe or anything, but if you bring something in your space, that's taking up space. So I think you just have to think about that. And is it worth it for it to take up space in your home or not? I love that as far as, you know, and even when, right, when I'm visiting on your site, I love kind of like your philosophy, just like you said, it's like living intentionally. And I reflect back in times that when my life, like, you know, mental health and probably still my home, because like I said, I still struggle with that. But um, when things have been the most disorganized or chaotic, I shopped the most. And it, it's like, right. I was seeking something that made me feel better. So, and half the time I've just, I don't know, it's like, I'd go to the mall and I would just buy, like, I found a good deal on something and I'd be like, Oh, well, it's a good deal. I should get this. And I'm going to feel better and all this stuff. And all it ended up getting me was just a jam packed, you know, closet full of a bunch of really random things that don't even coordinate with one another, but it's to your point of just society. And I think there's so many of us think there's an external solution to internal problems. And really it's, it's the internal, something is screaming for attention and whether it's hanging on to clutter, you know, something else is going on that it's like, you got to look under the hood. You know, I just, I just relate. And I actually really think I will carry that with me as far as thinking of the intent as I go to buy something, like what, what purpose is this going to serve? Almost to like give that pause before you just kind of like reactive purchase something, you know, I I don't know. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. I actually, um, I'm, I'm not a fear better option buyer. Some of my friends are like that where they'll research something for a week before they, you know, decide on which item that they're going to choose. But I'm definitely in that camp of thinking about things I'm going to buy. Like I even have a list on my notes app on my phone. That's to, it's a to-do list um, that I use for just like those random thoughts that kind of pop into my head throughout the day. And then I'll transfer it over to a calendar or something, but buy list too, because there's so many things that pop in your head, like toothpaste, or um, maybe you need a new blouse for something like an actual occasion that you you know, or a blazer, maybe that's a better example where like, maybe you're going to a new interview and, and you actually do need a new blazer or um, like right now for me, I need a new pair of tennis shoes because I've about worn mine out after like a year and a half and literally just putting it down on a list 
and prioritizing it. And it, I mean, it's a great way to budget too, because otherwise you can just <laughs> with Amazon these days or just online shopping in general, you could just hit that submit or place order button, you know, every hour if you felt like it, but you have to take a step back and, and just bringing more of that reflection time or that quiet time into your day. And, and I'm not saying that you have to meditate on it or anything like that, but just, just, th- I think it's just about thinking a little bit more deeply about um, some of the decisions and not being reactive, like you were saying. Totally. And I think, I think so many things we do in life, like things, decisions that we make, and then later maybe wonder why did we do that? I, I would venture to say many of those decisions were made in when you were in a distracted way to way of being like, I know for me, and all of kind of the hardships I went through with anxiety and like not being able to see clearly and making decisions that maybe I otherwise wouldn't have. It's because I was so distracted and overloaded that I I had zero intention to so much of what I was doing, you know, um, something I find really interesting. So at one point I was coaching clients privately, um, for life coaching and I'm going through and I notice your process literally while maybe like different words used, your process was almost like carbon copy, how the journey I would kind of work with, with clients. So, you know, you mentioned your, your processes to clear, sort, release systems and sustain. Again, like I see so much that popped out with, you know, habits, routines, like clearing the clutter out of your mind. How did you develop this process and how does that play out? I guess, you know, when you're working with your clients, I mean, that it's, it sounds like so logical to me, you know what I mean? But I think it's, it's hard when, when we're in this place of overwhelm, but I'm curious how you developed your process. Yeah, that's a good question too. I sat down with a pen and paper and thought about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the short answer. And I think when I was just developing the business and writing the business plan and figuring out what my process would be, I tried to keep it simple, but I knew that it had to have quite like at least a few steps. Like, you know, there's some people who might try to simplify it down into three steps. And for me, I I knew that I needed to expand on it a little bit more than that. And first and foremost, it always has to be about clearing the space because you don't know the potential of your space until everything is out of it. And I think that we, yeah, I mean, and that's where a lot of people make a mistake when they organize on their own, they try to put band-aids on their problems or their, you know, their space problems and try to cut corners. And that's why they don't work. That's why the systems and then everything doesn't maintain well, because you're not accurate. You're not really taking everything out, seeing the potential, seeing how much stuff you have. Um, we're really good at fitting a lot of things in small spaces. Mm it is mind blowing how much stuff can come out of some of these closets that I organize. (laughs) I'm like, wow, this is, you know, 16 square feet. (laughs) How is this possible? But that always has to be the first step. And and of course, this is why it takes so long. And this is one of the main benefits of hiring Simply Dare or another professional organizer, like just some kind of professional to help you with this because it's not a one person job. I mean, unless you're doing a junk drawer, that's one thing. But if you're trying to organize a kitchen or any other bigger area, you have to have a team of people there to help get the process done in a day or two. So clear is always the first step. And then sort is the second step, but it's also working at the same time as the first step. So when you're clearing out, you're actually sorting at the same time. So you're kind of doing like both at once. 
And this just helps speed up the process, but it also helps you assess your inventory. And so every category is going to be very personal based on the space and based on the person, because we all have different stuff, but taking everything out and sorting it right away is what helps you understand, okay, I have 10 of these sweaters. I've got five of these pairs of jeans. And then when you're going through and doing the release process or the release step of the process, you're able to better make those purging decisions because you know your inventory. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's okay if you have 10 sweaters and maybe it's all right if you have five jeans, but then, you know, it's just, it's just getting comfortable with, okay, knowing, you know, how many pairs of clothes you do wear. I think a lot of us are very, um, you know, we don't wear the amount of clothes that we have. Right. So we have like, you know, all these, all these clothes and like, you know, we, we wear like 25% of our wardrobe. So, and especially now during COVID we're all wearing athleisure. So I think <laughs> either way, like it just helps you understand and get a better idea of what your habits are and what, what your actual routine is with dressing yourself. Um, and then you can say, okay, you know, maybe I don't need all this. And then it lets you kind of have that guideline going forward. So if you do go to the mall and you're like, oh my God, that sweater is so nice. But then you're like, well, I just purged. I know that I have about like eight sweaters at home already. Am I really going to wear that, that new sweater? Or maybe I will, but I just know I have to remove another one because we can only wear so many clothes in a week or in a year. What um, and there too is, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say what I really hear there is it's like, you're helping your clients make empowered decisions at that point, because it's kind of like they understand what they have, and then they can make the decision from like a, a uh, firm foundation and understanding of what they have um, before just like buying. And then later, you know, realizing like, oh, I guess I really didn't need that. You know, I think, I think that's really powerful actually. Yeah. It's being my, I think at the core of what we're doing, it's the intentionality, but it's also being mindful of everything. Mm, yeah. And that's really yeah. the spin that we have, um, is helping you create more mindfulness around the items that you have. So that. the, um, the systems is the fourth part of the process. And this is probably one of my favorites. I, it's hard for me to pick which part of the process is my favorite, but I feel like this one is probably my favorite. And it's really understanding. Okay. And actually this is where the space planning comes into, um, into it too, because we can't accurately space plan until we know what inventory is remaining. So until we've purged and edited and gotten everything out of there, then we know, okay, this is what's staying. This is how big our space is. We're measuring at that point. I'm going home. I'm drawing up plans. I'm researching products, sourcing products, shopping, figuring out what that, that design is going to be. And then it's just executing it with the, um, with the last step, which is sustain. And so that's really the install and labeling at the end and taking the client through and doing a walkthrough and explaining why we did what we did. Um, I think that's really helpful for people to, if they're not doing it with us, a lot of times people hire us and they might be working or, you know, out of town or something. So we have to really educate them on what we did so they know, I mean, obviously there's labels there, so it's pretty obvious like where things should go, but it's about like explaining why and explaining the systems behind it and how we would recommend maintaining it so they can sustain it over time. I love too that, you know, I think I love that you have sustain because I think it's ultimately your intention isn't just to create this pretty space, like collect your check and off you go. And then you know that the client all the while, probably in like 
two more months is going to call you and be like, oh my God, my house is a hellhole again. Right. It's like, you're, you're teaching them, like you're, you're giving everything a home, but then also setting them up for success. And, you know, again, I just see so many parallels, like whether it's therapy, coaching, like all these things, your process, it's like, I guess it all comes down to even in the beginning, when you're talking about like, you know, the process of change and things like that, it sounds to me it's funny that that process can really be applied to anything in your life. Like whatever it is, if it's, if it's the house, if it's your wellness, I mean, it's, it just seems like that's this like transferable process to all things. And I love that you're bringing that into people's home environment to help them. We do so much work throughout the day. And like, you know, we, we try to focus on all these things and it's like you come coming home to just a cluttered, messy environment. It, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking of myself. I feel sometimes kind of defeated with that. So I love that your, your process, like there's intentionality to it. There's a why behind it. And then setting people up to continue it forward. So they can have that of like reducing the mental load of associated with like a kind of chaotic environment, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where, um, some anxiety can start with people. I mean, it can come from all different facets of our life, but I think our physical space has a lot to do with our stress levels, our mood, our well-being, our anxiety, everything. And I think I was a little lost in my, not my own job, but even after I got out of health coaching and, um, you know, I was like traveling and everything. And then I got back and I kind of started doing the corporate nine to five thing. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm making an impact on anyone anymore. And I knew that I didn't want to go back into health coaching, but I, I didn't know how to make that impact again. And when I started this company and, you know, had this idea, I was like, this is it. Because I think that the foundation, like our home base, like it literally is the foundation for everything. So if that's not in order or if that's not, and again, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect because <laughs> we're, we're living in our spaces constantly. So it's, it's not to say that it has to be pristine and perfect condition all the time. Like that's not the goal. Just ha- knowing where things are <laughs> is really what organization is and having your family know where things are. So they're not bugging mom all the time and asking where this is and that is and can you make my breakfast for me because the cereal is not you know in prime real estate on the pantry shelf at eye level or where are those crayons we, we really want to do some crafts right now where are those and then the mom's like i don't know i'm trying to get on this zoom call right now like <laughs> talk about a really very real palpable pain point going on in the world today right yeah it's just i just feel like and i know i'm biased but it solves so many problems that are quite frankly, unnecessary. And I think that's where I'm very passionate about efficiencies and optimizing things so your life can be easier. And that's really what we do too with clients is I'm trying to make your life easier. And that's the goal. And so with organization, I mean, it just, that's what it does. I mean, and that's why it's so powerful. You're inspiring me to like, I, I love when you said um, in the very beginning, your process is clearing so you can see the potential of the space. God, again, so many metaphors I see and, you know, many, many things, but you've inspired me. I feel like when I get off this Zoom call today, I'm going to go like purge my entire closet. I'm going to get rid of like everything in my house so I can see the potential <laughs> because I think my physical space has been the thing that has to absorb. Like it's, it's the one place that I can just offload shit. And it just, it just stays there. And like, I'm like, whatever, I I don't even know how to deal with this. Right. And then when 
I then reach my threshold of being frustrated of what my space looks like. Then the next thing I want to do is go to the container store and spend like several hundred dollars on all these things to organize it. So it's like, I'm thinking that that's go by the bins, go by the, this, but your approach is really like, let's clear the field to even envision what it could be. And it's kind of like, how can you do that when, when your space is a hot mess, how would you even know how to appropriately, you know, come up with, how do you store it? What are the processes? Like that, that really is like a light bulb moment for me. And people do that all the time. That's one of the biggest mistakes is they get that overwhelmed. And then I think the first thing they think of is, oh my God, I've got to go get bins at container store. And bin culture is very real. I will. <laughs> and I just try to tell people that, you know, bins that don't have a purpose are clutter. <laughs> so oh my gosh. like that, that doesn't help. So you have to be intentional. You know, it still goes back to being mindful and intentional. You know, what is that bin? Why are you buying that bin? What is it going to be used for? I even found myself doing this. I went to target on Sunday and, um, my boyfriend, Ryan, that I live with, we have this dining table and that's usually where his desk is because I have my desk in the guest bedroom and he'll usually just you know, he, he just logs on his laptop here and there. And so the, the dining table just makes sense for him to, to use every now and then. And so of course his laptop just stays there and cords and, you know, it's, it, it's our catch-all space, right? Um, even though I'm organized, like we still have a little catch-all space and, and I'm still working through a solution for that. But the, whenever I was at Target, I was like, all right, I know I need to get a basket for him to, or, you know, for me too, if there's any of those just like small little like knickknacks that, um, maybe need to be in our main area, but like, it just needs a home. So it's not just chilling on the dining room table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I kind of got like, I was looking at the baskets and I was like, well, I think this one looks like it would fit the laptops, but I'm not quite sure. And I almost, I mean, I ended up buying it and luckily, you know, it worked out and, and everything fits. But even then I was like, oh gosh, I didn't measure. <laughs> I was like, I I didn't like double check how like wide or, you know, how like the measurements of his laptop to make sure that this plus some books and everything, you know, it's, it's all going to fit. Cause it was definitely on like the smaller side, but luckily it worked out. So I think it just goes back to, um, you know, even if you're going out to just get one simple basket that you think is going to hold something, even just, just trying to make sure, because otherwise it doesn't work out and then you're wasting time returning it, going yeah. by another, one. that's just where it gets frustrating. So I think when you do that, little bit of thought process on the front end. It just saves some time. Oh, totally. It's interesting. And I should have pointed this out earlier, but your business really was birthed out of a pivot you had to make during COVID. And it's, it's, you know, right. I bet not by coincidence, but it's interesting too, of like how beautifully you launching this business ties into, because so many people now are having to purpose their home as the office too. So it's neat that professionally, right. You're leaning into what lights you up. You feel like you have purpose, like, you know, you're so service-minded and I love that. And then you really are serving clients who now are having to use their home. Like, right. Maybe the house was already had some clutter going on, but now you throw in, just like you said, what you described is my, my table right now, I've got notebooks, my laptop, you know, and I don't know what to do with it. Like I just make organized piles, you know? So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting that like your timing was very spot on. Yeah. I have had people ask me, you know, how has everything since COVID? And I'm like, I don't know because I started my business in COVID. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's all, you know, I don't know what it's like pre COVID, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I thought it made a lot of sense to start it last year is that, I mean, I had the permission to do it because I got laid off, 
but I also knew that the home services industry was going to boom because everyone is at home and everyone is thinking about their walls in their home and the items in their home and how that's impacting them. Or maybe they're not thinking about it, but I think because they're spending more time in it, they're realizing what the impact of their space is on their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it goes back to, I mean, this is why design is so important in even office buildings or architecture. And then, you know, in our homes too, I mean, design has so much to do or has a lot of parallels with psychology and how we feel in a space. Um, there's a lot of intentionality behind interior design and architecture, and it's the same way with organization. Um, we as humans love order, and um, you know when you can make that order in your home look nice too and aesthetically pleasing, you're going to smile when you see it, and you're going to be more likely to maintain it because it, it looks nice. I love that. I love you've definitely, I think I've had just in our conversation today, a shift of how I view organization. Like I am definitely the psychology behind it all is being reinforced to me and, and opening my eyes to that and understanding the benefit I will mentally feel on that mental load once I can get some more controls in place in my home. And before we start coming to the conclusion of this conversation, I was wondering if you would, I think this could be a common struggle for other, but I'm selfishly going to ask you about a struggle I have as it relates to organization and see what you know, what you would recommend for me or like how you work with clients in this. So one struggle I have is I get the mail and then I I have this one little kind of like glass table area in our kitchen and I just throw it there and it could be a mix of bills. It could be a mix of like stupid credit card offers that I know I need to shred. Then, you know, some of it is like, you know, anymore, right? You check the mail and it's all crap you don't want. But sometimes, right, I'll get a card or something like that. But I don't have... Like, I'm curious what process you recommend for mail. And then the other piece to it too is I have a little bit of that clinging for fear of, oh my God, what if I might need this one day? Like if it's if it's some sort of statement or like, I think sometimes I have a hard time understanding what mail is important. So then what I end up doing is like making a stack of mail that I think, oh, I got to do something with this, but I don't know what to do. So how how do you handle kind of the mail challenge? Yes, this is a common one. So depending on your space, without me seeing it, um, I'll just kind of list off a few suggestions. So the solution is to enact a system, right? So it's, and that can be, you know, depending on the kind of mail you're getting um, would maybe impact that. But I think generally speaking, it's going to be a to-do pile, right? So that's something that you need to act on. So that might be a bill or it might be, uh, maybe something that you want to respond to. And, and then there's going to be a to file. So that might be, oh, this is just a notice about your account change or here's an announcement or, I mean, maybe not an announcement because maybe you would want to, to do that, right? So you can kind of put that in your schedule or yeah. something, an event or an announcement or a reminder. But um, you're going to have a to-do, a to-file. So, um, and then you're going to have a um, to-do and to-file or the, the main two. And then I guess the, third one would be like any kind of like junk mail. So any of those pieces of mail that you're getting that just needed to be shredded. And I think too, when you're thinking of to file, if you're getting a bill that can be accessed online, that can be shredded. Or if you're tired of the the mail, then you can usually ask for um, e-bills. So you don't even get the mail anymore. And um, there's a few programs um, that I'll, I'll send them to you after this because I can't think of them right now, but there's a couple yeah. programs where you can actually 
prevent junk mail from getting to your home anymore. You can actually stop it. That's um, it's the same. There's another one called unroll.me for email inboxes. So it's the same thing where it can just kind of, you can say automatically unsubscribe to all of this, all of these mailings. And then if you want to get like one daily roll up, then you would include that in your daily roll up, or if you want to keep it in your inbox, whatever. But I think as far as the paper goes, it's, it's assessing, can this be accessed online? And if so, then you don't need to worry about it. You don't need to keep a paper copy because you can always print that and going in and, you know, unsubscribing from that mailing. And then for the, the shredder, and that'll kind of get rid of those, the junk mail, but then the to do it's taking into consideration. Okay. Do I want to deal with all this stuff at the end of the week? Or do I want to deal with all this stuff every day and dedicate five to 10 minutes to dealing with X, Y, Z. And it literally could just be opening it up and then seeing, Oh, like this is something that I need to remember. I'll just put a calendar reminder next week to tackle this. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to do it right then and there, but it's, it's about opening it up, figuring out what it is, scheduling it, if it needs to happen later or, you know, in the future. And then if it, if it's something really quick, then, you know, you can deal with it right then. But I think it, you know, you're all about habits. Like you, you know how to, yeah. um, <laughs> you know what to do with that. So it's just, it's, it's, um, figuring out, you know, what your capacity is and what routine that you want to have with it. And you know, physically speaking, I guess, you know, as far as um, systems or products that you could purchase, I think those, um, the wall mounts for mail are really nice with like three divisions in it. And you can put like a little label on each three or each of those three. So you know, which one is which there's also little like office dividers that you can put on a desk. I have one of those on our, um, in our entryway area that, you know, typically speaking, it would be on like an office desk, but you know, you can put it there too. So, um, I think it's just figuring out what that product is that's going to organize it for you and then um, figuring out what those categories are. But the to do, to file, and then to shred or just, you know, throw away are the top three that usually cover most. I love that. I was literally scribbling notes the whole time you were talking. And, um, and I think too, what's neat is that I loved seeing you like process, like in how it really is like a system. Like to me, I'm like, oh, I guess it's just mail. You're supposed to look at it every day. And I love, like, I didn't even think about it. Like maybe it won't be so annoying if I just know, Hey, Hey, on Thursdays is when I go through like my, my to do, or, you know, like assigning a day. It doesn't have to be that every day I'm like torturing myself with the mail. It's like, just organize it and then have a schedule of when you're going to, you're going to handle it. I freaking love that. That's yeah. awesome. So how do people, I, I think like, I'm already like, all right, give me on your calendar. I need you. Um, and also to anything that Kenzie shares me when she said she'll follow up with links, I'll be sure to put those in the show notes because those are some really great, um, tips and tricks that she shared. Um, but how do we, how do we find you? How do we know more about you? How do we work with you? What's the best way to find you, Kenzie? The best way to find me is on Instagram at simply.dare and then our website, www.simply-dare.com. And this will be in the show notes too, but I learned before we hit record on the interview that Dare is actually Kinsey's middle name. Cause I said, I thought that was your last name for the longest time. And she said, no, 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 that was my middle name. So it is, it's <laughs> D-A-R-E, but it'll be in the show notes, but that's how you find her. So I love that. 
Kinsey, it's been so great connecting with you today. And you have shared so many great insights that have really helped connect some dots for me that I hadn't really thought about in terms of that connection of your physical space and the representation of kind of like the mental chaos that ensues from it. So I thank you for all the tidbits, the insight you shared with us today. I know that you've helped not only me, but my listeners as well. And for everyone who tuned in today, thank you so much. Please go find Kinsey. She's got amazing content. She offers programs, workshops, all that good stuff. So go find her on Instagram so you can be informed about it. And I hope that you have a wonderful, organized day. <laughs> Maybe you're inspired to go clean your closet too. So thanks for joining me. And I can't wait to, to connect with you on a future episode. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Wake Up Call podcast. If you liked what you heard today, I would love for you to subscribe and leave a review. It takes just a few minutes and does wonders for helping other people find the podcast. If you want to connect outside of the podcast, you can do so by following at Alicia D. Hopkins on Instagram. And if you really liked the episode you just listened to, do me a favor. Would you screenshot the episode and tag me? I would love to see what's resonating with you. Thank you for joining me today. And I hope today's episode helped you to see that you can wake up to the change that's possible in your life.